Hello everybody, it's Dr. Rick dropping in on you. Hope everybody is having a great start to your Sunday. Um, wherever you may be, whatever you may be doing, whatever you have planned. Uh, look, I'm going to get right into this. Uh, as you know, we're in the middle of a fundraising boost. The goal was to raise 10000 by the end of this weekend. Uh, I can tell you we're nowhere near that haven't even hit a grand, not even close to that. Um, but the work is still there. There's still work to be done. Uh, we're moving forward no matter what. Um, but I am challenging those of you who believe in the work we do, those who consistently come and consume what I share um, and believe in what we do and what I've been doing now for 30 years and what I've been doing uh, openly in on these social media platforms now for almost 14 years uh, I'm challenging you to support that work that work requires time energy effort and resources to consistently do it it's not just about what I do in these videos this is just me sharing the knowledge of what it takes the work is being done boots on the ground the work done in school districts. I've gone to war with a number of different school districts across this country on behalf of students, uh, black students, predominantly black male students, a couple of females, but predominantly black male students who are caught up in the vortex of miseducation, uh, which I laid out uh, in detail in my 16th and 24th books, uh, which respectfully are the miseducation of black youth in America and academic apartheid. Uh, I have uh, created and uh, overseen uh, a number of different programs, including Black Men Lead, which is the sort of flagship program because I believe that if we can build strong men, uh, we can right the ship. Uh, and right now we have so many young black males who aren't properly uh, socialized, definitely not racially socialized, into black manhood to in a position to, to truly execute the, 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 the role and the responsibility of what black manhood looks like and needs to be. Uh, but I've been on the ground. I've been constantly engaged. I'm consistently engaged. Those of you who follow me know that uh, the very thing that I fight the most found its way to my doorstep uh, a little over a week and a, well, about a week and a half ago with my newly moved in 15-year-old neighbor was shot twice. My truck was shot up in the process, and I was actually out there trying to, you know, get in the middle of it. Uh, well, trying to get in the middle of it, and it popped off, and so I was in jeopardy, but it's not the first time I've been in jeopardy. Um, it's what it is, and people will sit up and say, you need to be careful, you need to be out there. The problem is you can't have uh, some sort of culpability in the problem and then sit back and hope it fixes itself. We're where we're at right now because we didn't do what we should have did back then. So the time to start is now, the time to step in. And the one thing a black man can't be is a coward. So no, I'm not going out looking for ways to get killed, but I'm not gonna sit up and out of fear, not take action. Um, one of the most profound things that Dr. King said was a man that doesn't have something for which he is willing to die isn't fit to live. I stand by that. Now, the things that I've been willing to die for over the course of my life have evolved and they become more valuable. They become more honorable. They've become something that you can rest your legacy on. So in that sense, 
uh, I am thankful for that evolution, but I still have that responsibility to go out there. And the thing is, um, if I were to die trying to save the life of a young black male, no matter how senseless the activity is, I would consider that honorable. Many would consider it stupid because we're willing to throw our kids away. We're willing to sit up and say they're incorrigible. We're willing to sit up and say, I can't do nothing about it. We're willing to sit up and say, oh my God, I'm not, I'm not. Their lives matter to me. I see the future in them. I see, number one is I see me in them. I see a young version of me in them. So I know what's possible. That's the first thing. Second of all, we don't have the luxury of throwing anything away. We're in last freaking place. So we've talked about that. I've dealt with things on a socioeconomic level. I've given you instruments. I've given you teachings. I've followed the teachings of the greats that came before me. I've stood on their shoulders and tried to expand what they placed and give it to you. We, we've dealt with multi-generational transmission of trauma. I've, I've opened that up and uh, in great depths in my 19th book, Born in Captivity, and my 23rd book, Un The Undoing of the African-American Mind. And I've done it in lectures, but I've also been very engaged in the community through programs like the one that we're doing here in Houston uh, with Harris County Sheriff's Office, where we're working with families on reentry programs to reduce the recidivism rate, cut back on reoffending so that these men can be in the lives of their children because we understand that having a parent incarcerated is an adverse childhood experience, considered an ace in one point. All they need is four of those, and it totally turns their entire life, the entire life, upside down. Not just their childhood, but their adult. Uh, long-term health outcomes are directly tied to the type of experiences they have. I've given to, given that to you in depth and explained it to you. I will continue to bring it to you. Go back and look at some of these videos and look at look look at what the, the the answers are there, the solutions are there, but they're not easy. There's no quick fix. There's no light switch. And see, that's what we look for. We look for the light switch. We want the quick fix. Either because we just want to turn it and say, okay, it works and move on and be happy. Or we want the, uh, the, the, the kudos for being the one who did it. So we're looking for the band-aid to cover a bullet wound. And in the interim, it looks good for a minute. But overall, uh, you bleed out. Or... All, all different other kind of things happen. And you got to understand, things aren't simply sitting still. They're becoming exacerbated. They're becoming worse. And so then what do we do? We sit around and whine and complain and ask the very ones responsible for it to fix it. Why would they fix it when they benefit from it? We have such a responsibility. And we're sitting around and acting like we're winning. We take so many symbolic wins as victories that it's no... Surprise we're last place because we take the symbolic victory. My candidate won, but your candidate ain't doing jack for you. This guy's getting indicted. What is his indictment going to do for you? Outside make you feel like your guy is winning. When your guy is screwing you probably more than he is. That's the thing that we constantly get fed because we don't get involved. We don't become aware. We're not lining up. We're not doing the things we're supposed to be doing. We've turned ourselves, we turned our anger and our vitriol and our frustration uh, and our violence in on ourselves. You hear me say, I don't know how many times that uh, if there's no enemy on the inside, the enemy on the outside can do us no harm. But yet here we are 
our biggest enemy. That cannot be the case. So when I'm asking you to support what I'm doing, I'm saying, look at the work, look at the body of work, look at what I've done, look at what I'm doing. Look, If it wasn't anything but the research and the dissemination of my findings, I, that is invaluable. But I'm giving you more than that. I'm on both ends of this spectrum. I'm in uh, the research lab. I'm in uh, study after study after study after study peer reviewing papers, reviewing it and looking at it, disseminating that stuff, then taking what I'm gleaning from it and building programs and coming up with strategies, presenting them and many times developing them and actually implementing them. And I'm asking for your support. I'm asking for your help. I'm asking you to be, not just throw money at it. If we need the money, we absolutely do because I've been funding this outside of this. And I want to take one, one big time that, uh, uh, there's a gentleman, man. He's been doing this for uh, several years now. He signed up and he literally uh, gives $10 a month. That means the world to me. That means once a month. Sometimes the only time in a month I see somebody believes in with the work I'm doing. It doesn't matter the amount. What matters is that person took an, and made an investment every month. $10 that could be spent on something else. The price of gas? Hell. I'm definitely appreciating it. And then there's another person, I'm not gonna call her last name out, but Nisi, sweetheart, you have been a gem. Nisi, over the last three months, has donated more than everybody else combined in the last year. And I'm not gonna give an amount, uh, I'm not throwing out there, but I can tell you that we are we are well behind. Everything else, you know, and uh, I don't wanna forget, Sharon Tomlinson, Sherry Tomlinson, I'm going to acknowledge you. Uh, you've been a student, a mentee, a friend, a colleague, Dr. Sherry Tomlin. She donated during this period. Uh, another brother, I cannot think of his name, but he also donated $30. And that's actually been it. And I'm, and my thing is, if nobody else gives, I'm going to keep doing what I do. But, you know, it's almost like we are so easy to pass the buck. We're so easy to sit up, somebody else will do it, or he's got it, and not look at the responsibility of all of us to be a part of it. Uh, because when I've got it at that level, that means I'm robbing my lineage to feed my passion. And I have to be real careful with that because they are my number one responsibility. I mean, my people are not that far behind, but my kids and whoever my future wife is going to be are my number one responsibility and then my, my extended family. And so how I leave them is extremely important. So I am challenging you guys. I'm gonna be coming back at you again later on today with even more information. But I mean, we, we've dealt with so much. Now is the time for us to make a move. Now is the time for us to sit up and become involved and get engaged. I'm challenging you. Uh, I, I believe that, that when I set this out, that we could do it. And it's not that we can't do it. It's that we're not doing it. I believe we could have hit the 10 grand easily. Hell, I got just on this, just on one channel, and this is going out to multiple channels. Just on one channel, I've got 8,000 subscribers. I've got 20, close to 20,000 followers on just one Facebook profile. And I've got, I don't know how many pages on Facebook. 
where this is going to be going out. So, I mean, it's definitely possible. The thing is, it's too easy to be casual about what's going on. And let me tell you something. I talk about it landing on your front doorstep all the time. And I've had it land on my front doorstep. Hell, I've been shot more than once. Uh, that's why I don't throw these kids away because I see me in them. I was unique. I was the kid in school, on a roll student, extremely gifted in, 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 you know, athletics, extremely gifted in the classroom, but in the hood, I had to survive. I know what that's like, and that's why I fought my ass off to get out of it so that my kids wouldn't grow up in it. I see what uh, I see what they can be. I see their brilliance. I see the, the desire behind that hard veneer, that, that, that surface. I see the desire to be safe and to feel love and all of that. And I'm going to die trying to give it to them. You know, say what you want to say about me, say whatever you want to say, but I'm not going to sit on it. I'm not going to lay back. I'm watching this stuff happen. Here's the crazy thing. And it's not just inner city. I have clients who are black and affluent. You know, everything from, uh, and I'm working with their kids, everything from Olympic, Olympic swimmers to... Uh, gifted college students to federal judges, all this stuff. And here's what I'm telling you. Those kids got it going on in a different way because they're dealing with a different type of identity crisis, trying to find out where they fit in because the image being thrown out there of what a black male, teen, a black teen, a young adult male looks like doesn't fit them. And they're in a different world and they're trying to find out and find themselves. And I'm telling you, no matter how successful they become in that world, if they don't discover the true nature of who they are, they're going to struggle. They are going to struggle. And so my thing is, what are we going to do? Um, you know, fortunately for those kids, though, they have parents who have the means to come out and say, we're going to hire somebody like Dr. Wallace to work directly with our kid and we're going to you know trust that we can get some ground that way and I've had a great deal of success and I but I've got kids that literally are struggling and suffering kids not even 20 yet struggling and suffering with suicidal ideation uh depression uh and you're fighting every day because the last thing you want is someone to die on your watch I can't explain to you uh, the intention, the intensity in which I engage every day, fighting for lives of people that five years ago I didn't even know. And I'm going to go to the grave doing it. So, again, I'm challenging you. If you believe in the work I do, let's line it up. Let's make some stuff happen. Look in the description box and choose the way that you want to give and give. On that note, I'm out of here. You guys have an unbelievable remainder of your day.